Welcome to Ag Credit Set It, the podcast for farm newbies and seasoned professionals alike. In each episode, our hosts sit down with experts from across the agriculture industry to bring you insights, advice, and must-have information on all things rural living, from farming to finances and everything in between. So let's get to it. Welcome back to another great episode of Ag Credit Set It. Phil and Libby are here today, um, and we're going to talk a little bit about home loans, uh, which is a, kind of a hot topic. There's a, a lot going on in the housing market, so whether you're buying, refinancing, whatever it looks like, um, I'm excited to kind of talk about talk about homes and home loans today. Um, and uh, Libby's here, so how are we doing, Libby? Doing great today. How are you today, Phil? Doing great. Doing great. Are you are you a homeowner? I am. You are? Okay. I am. What, have you had multiple homes? Have you had one house? Have you done this multiple times with home loans? So when I first got married, my husband had a house already. And so then a couple years ago, we purchased our first home together, I guess you could say. Okay. Um, you would think that as a farm loan officer, I would have known everything that was going on with the home loan process, but it is quite different mm-hmm. than a f- typical farm loan. So there was a lot of things that were um, new to me, and I don't know if, you know, I think this is our forever home, so I'm not sure if we'll go through this process again later in life or if we'll build, but um, it was a it was a good first experience. And of course, I went through ad credit for my home loan, nice. so. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is a different experience. Uh, I, I rented for my first few places with my wife, and then I think, gosh, we rented like three different houses, and then we ended up buying one and it was like the definition of a fixer upper. And so (laughs) I think there's cars now that are more expensive than my house was. And so, uh, bought it and then, and then spent a lot of, you know, blood, sweat and tears fixing it up and stuff and, and eventually sold it. And I made money, which is, you know, the good thing to to have happen. So, and then my second house, I, uh, ended up building a house. And so that's the one I'm in now. So yeah, whether it's buying a fixer upper or, construction loans they're all unique in the process and I'm glad we have Matt here to kind of help us walk through what in the world that looks like you know it is an adventure there's these checklists and and things you have to have just like with anything else and so um good good time to transition and focus on Matt Gray who's our who our guest today he's a mortgage loan originator for ag credit so um Matt can you kind of introduce yourself and and kind of share a little about yourself Sure, sure. Uh, well, my name is Matt Gray. Uh, as you said, I'm a mortgage loan originator here at Ag Credit. I work in the Napoleon and Bowling Green branches here covering uh, Henry Wood and Lucas counties. Um, and we can span out a little bit further than that with the way we do our home loans here. A um, <clears throat> little bit about me. I've been here for about 15 years now in the business for about 20. Um, I've got a family of five. Uh, my wife, Tina, my oldest daughter, Emerson, uh, my middle uh, boy, uh, his name is Ethan, and our youngest's name is Hadley, So, and she's a Spitfire. So, so they take up uh, quite a bit of my time, but when I'm not at home um, spending time with family, I'm here with my Ag Credit family um, doing home loans. So, um, yeah, I'm glad to be here. Hopefully, I can shed a little bit of light on the home loan process as Libby mentioned, it is very, very different. Um, a lot of consumer stuff tied into that process. So we like to say we'll, we will try to make it as painless as possible. I don't like to use that term because it can be very smooth and easygoing. 
Um, but for the most part, you'll be asked for things that you just normally wouldn't need to come up with on a, mm. on a more of a typical financing situation. So yeah. Yeah. We thought this would be a great podcast just because ag credits just known for, you know, we're kind of known for ag loans and, and I feel mm-hmm. like home loans are kind of one of those things where it's like, Oh, you guys, you guys do home loans. It's like, yeah, yeah, we do that. You know? Yep. Um, so we thought this would be a great opportunity for you to kind of share what, how, how we, intersect that market and, and how, and uh, how we can help people out. So, um, Matt, can you first start off and tell us, um, some programs that AgCredit has for our home loan department or that our residential team will be, um, talking about with some of our customers? Absolutely. Well, I would say we are, we would be defined as a full mortgage service lender. Um, and we are unique in that we hold a, a, a great deal of our loans here. Not all of them, but many of them um, we hold and service right here at Ag Credit. And a lot of folks nowadays, anyway, more than ever with all the information out there, most people seek out loan information, general, general loan information before they reach us. And for those that are doing so, you know, the myriad of mortgage products that are out there, whether it's conventional loans, you'll hear, hear that term, FHA, VA, USDA, construction loans. We, we offer the whole gamut here. So um, there's not a loan that we're not going to offer here other than maybe specific loan programs that um, maybe are specialized in the banking industry. Um, but otherwise, if you come here and you're seeking one product and it just so happens you're a better fit for a different product, that's kind of how we operate. You know, we try to match you up with the best and most appropriate program for you in your situation at that time in, in your life. So. So one of the things that I really like about our residential um, team is that, I guess our department, is that we do have in-house loans. So that is one thing that is very, I think, very unique, mm-hmm. um, that you can come into one of our branches and actually come and see you, Matt, and you are the one that's dealing with our loan, and we can ask you questions rather than having, you know, being sold off to another company. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about you, Phil, but I have gotten a lot of phone calls lately about Barnuminiums. Um, And so is that something that you guys have seen an increase in? And is that something that AgCredit can do um, home loans on? Absolutely. Um, We have a specific pole barn house program for the purpose of uh, whether that be to purchase an existing barn dominium, (laughs) pole barn house, uh, there are many names used um, yeah, yeah. For, for, for that <laughs> yeah. type of property, um, but I, they are becoming more prevalent. And if, if nothing else, I am getting calls usually several times a week on properties of that nature. Now, with the program available, there are some certain stipulations. So if, if you're someone that's out there that's interested in uh, what it would take to either build or buy a property of that type, you know, just give us a ring. There are certain requirements for the percentage of living space within that structure and things of that nature. But at the end of the day, um, and any lender will tell you this in the industry, that um, a challenging type of property get to get financed for 
many reasons. But that's why we put a program out there because we were getting more and more folks interested in that type of property. We really want to build our volume with that segment um, and provide some type of financing for people like that because it's, like I said, it's becoming more and more prevalent and there's just some details there um, that need to be discussed, but we are excited and happy to be able to offer, you know, those type of, of opportunities. Those are pretty, I've seen some pretty neat yeah, pole barn. They're gorgeous. Homes. Yeah. 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 Some of them are just immaculate. You don't mm-hmm. think of a, just a pole building, you know, walking yeah. into a barn and living in a barn. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. They are, uh, they're just as decked out as some of the most high-end homes you've ever seen. So and, and really, really I've seen, I mean, even the resale value, they've been, they've kind of, they're newer, obviously. They've been yeah. around long enough now that you've seen some resale um, is what, what it seems like. You've seen people put them yeah. up for sale. They've been selling just as good as, as other houses. And, um, and so I think the concern early on was, you know, if you build one, is it going to hold its value or is it going to go shoot down in value? Cause you know, who wants one? And I think it's, they're, they're here to stay is what it seems right, like. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think it all, it all, it's all boiled down to the way they structured that program. How much of the space is finished? Because mm-hmm. there are some properties like that out there that are started as a pole barn house, but the entire thing is finished. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. when we see a property like that, we treat it no differently than we would one of our rural home lending programs, you know, mm-hmm. same, we can go up to the same percentages on lending and things like that, because when the whole f- space is finished, then the appraisers are okay with using standard stick built homes as comparables in their appraisals. And that's where some of the challenges have always come yeah. in with those type of properties. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, if you've got any of those thoughts in mind and want to just, um, do a little bit of research and see what it would take to build such a property. Give us a call and we'd love to discuss that with you. Nice. Yeah. It just seems like ag credit's kind of that, yeah, that niche lender for this, you know, there aren't a whole, whole lot of lenders doing it. So, yeah. It seems know. like a good match. Yeah. It, it, does. it, it, yeah. it was a perfect fit. So yeah. I think it's a good thing that we finally developed a program for those folks. Yeah. And Libby, actually you shared something um, right when you started talking about ag credit, not selling loans. And I think that's, um, you know, uh, gosh, it's probably been, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago now. Before I worked at Ag Credit, I had a loan. I lived in Indiana. I, I closed on a home loan. And literally, I think it was a month after I closed on it, my loan was sold to somebody else. And I probably got, mm-hmm. I don't know, three notices over the last, you know, the next three years of my home loan being sold. I just wanted to clarify, we don't sell any any of our home loans. We don't sell, correct? Once you, once you close it with Ag Credit, it stays at Ag Credit as far as home loan wise? When we, correct, when we do an in-house loan. So, and we can talk about that in a bit here, but we have two different ways really to um, put people in the, in the right loan for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say uh, primarily we want to keep all of our loans here. There's a lot of different advantages to that. Um, so that's where we will go first and no, th- those loans will remain here. We do not sell the servicing nor the loan. Uh, it stays here so you can do all your servicing you can call your loan officer if you need to mm-hmm. at any time and ask any questions. When we have something that, um, <clears throat> maybe just fits outside of our scope here, um, we offer loans just like all the banks do. You know, mm-hmm. we offer Fannie Mae stuff, Freddie Mac stuff. Um, Jenny May, which is um, the government programs like FHA, USDA, and VA. Um, 
So we have a wide selection of, of programs to offer no matter the situation. But uh, I'd say that's a top five, top five question I get when yeah. folks call in, is my loan going to be sold? Mm -hmm. Because they've been through the gamut. And not that all those situations are bad when your loan gets sold in the servicing, because sometimes it's just a letter in the mail and you don't know any yeah, different. Right. But other times it can go very, very wrong, yep. you know, and people just end up with a bad taste in their mouth. And so, yeah, we, we, um, we are excited that we can hold loans here and service mm -hmm. them. I think it, it adds uh, a lot of value to what we bring. Yeah, I agree. So. Yeah. And, and I get this question a lot, you know, obviously we're an ag lender, and they're like, you know, hey, I get phone calls and they're like, hey, I don't farm. I don't own any farm ground. Can I get a home loan here? You know, like, will you guys do that? I guess, can you share, you know, mm -hmm. do you have to be a farmer to get a home loan here? Um, no, but it's funny you, you, you say that and put it that way because even today we still get folks that, uh, whether it's somebody popping in or you see them on a weekend, um, there are still folks that don't realize we offer home loans. Um, and I think it's just because we're so deeply rooted in ag and agricultural type of loans that that's, that's, that's at the forefront, mm -hmm. right? That's, that's what people think of immediately when they hear our name, it's, you know, ag credit, but absolutely we want to be there and we want to be in this market. We've done uh, a lot of tweaks over the years to remain competitive in this market. So the short answer is no, absolutely. You do not have to be a farmer or have farm income to come here to Ag Credit to get a home loan um, and for us to look into what we can put together for you as far as a financing package goes. Mm -hmm. it's, it's nice to have some farm income in certain situations, certainly not a necessity. Yep. And I think that comes back to the farm credit mission. Uh, we serve our rural community, mm -hmm. not just necessarily farms. So that's just something to keep in mind that any farm credit is here to serve the rural community um, in all aspects Correct. that that entails. So let's say, Matt, that Phil and I are looking to purchase um, our first home or just another home in general. What would you say the first thing is that we should do? Other than call Ag Credit. Other than call Ag Credit. <laughs> other than call your loan officer. Well, that was going to be my, my number one thing. Call your loan officer. Well, I think the first thing to do, and this is just because we're in the, in the information age, uh, there are some things that you can research a little bit on your own to just get a standard idea, you know, before you even call a loan officer. You know, see see what those basic requirements might be for you, you know, to the, at a very minimum, you know, you're going to find things like, well, you should probably have a job for a couple years. You know, you should probably have some stability there, you know, that you're going to turn over that financial information to someone that's going to review all this stuff. So in your mind, you got to think, well, I need to be presentable in, you know, and, and have a foundation underneath me if I'm going to borrow thousands of dollars, right? So having a job and being stable in that respect is good. Having a little bit of money set back in the bank is always a good thing. Now there are there are some different areas there where there are certain programs that will help if someone's deficient in a certain area. Okay. So 
but it's hard for me not to say call your loan officer first because I I feel like if you're someone that's just completely green and you don't you just don't know anything about it and you and maybe you're someone that doesn't trust the internet and all the information you're reading on there reaching out to your loan officer for them even if you're a year out I talk to so many people young people uh, specifically that call and say I I have no idea like what I'm doing <laughs> or where to begin mm-hmm. and those are some of the most fulfilling people that I work with are the ones that I can help from square one and say, Hey, you you know, these are the things, these are the puzzle pieces you need to get in place and you're going to be set and good a year from now. You know, maybe I get a call back and these, these folks take some advice and they're well set up and they're ready to move on to, you know, maybe looking at a property and, and making some offers and, financing their first home. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it sounds like building that relationship is the first thing, which is what I think Ag Credit prides ourselves on. And then also just, just planning ahead um, of thinking about, okay, these are the items that we need to have um, to be able to purchase our first home or purchase another home. I really think you guys are you guys are put in kind of a tough situation because people don't buy homes every day or I think mm-hmm. feel like we feel you and I, people are buying farmland, you know, right, every right. year or, you know, two farms a year where homes, it's like, okay, you maybe do one, two, well, even with our ad customers, probably one time, maybe. So I just, I feel like the having and building that relationship is a good thing and, and being able to plan ahead. Some questions that, that, well, I even get on the farm side is how do we get pre-approved for a loan or pre-qualified for a loan? How does that process work? Yeah, that's, that's a top five question also. It might be the number one question. There's many different ways to start the process to get pre-approved for a home loan. And I will say not, there's no two people that I will treat that process the same with. And I'm, and I'm only saying that because some folks want to come in in person, very, you know, I want to be in front of you type of people. So we cater to those people, of course. So we will do that. But there are some people that are so busy you may not ever get a chance to see them. And a lot of folks, more than ever, I, I just can't stress like how, how this business have, has changed over the years. You know, emails and text and all the different electronic technology that we can utilize. I have a lot of people that I'll pre-approve via email, text, um, and our online offerings collecting information that way to simply review their information and give them a thumbs up, hey, green light, go to town, call me back when you see something that you're interested in type of situation. And I think there's, there may be even more of those folks today than the latter, the people that want to come in face to face. Um, And I think that's just because we live in a very busy world and folks like that touch and go you know, those, those things. And it's, it's part of the reason why I'm going to use the term quicken loans here. It's part of the reason why a structure that they have has been so successful for them. I, I think they have made it so easy for folks 
um, that live a busy lifestyle. Um, I, I think that's why they get their their fair share of business. Um, so we can be that too. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. so that's why I want to put that out there. Uh, but the process itself is very easy. Need a quick loan application. Need some basic financial information. You know, past couple years tax information. Some W twos and some pay stubs and some bank statements. Things that are very easily obtained if you're, you know, halfway decent at record keeping at home. And (laughs) um, it's not that difficult. We try to make it pretty easy up front. And um, sometimes to get somebody pre-approved, it it literally, once I have all those those pieces, it might only take me um, a couple hours if something's a little bit more um, comprehensive as far as a a financial situation for some folks. It might take a day or two, you mm-hmm. know, to get the correct answers for people. So, but it's usually a pretty quick turnaround. Where do, um, the question I get a lot from younger, younger people is credit scores. You know, mm-hmm. can you kind of walk through how yeah. that comes into play? See, well, you know, we call them CBIs or, you know, credit yep. bureaus, you know, yep. yeah. the credit scores are, you know, that's a hot button, hot yeah. topic. You know, it's, <laughs> I'll take phone calls every once in a while and that's what's my credit score have to be. You know, that's that's kind of what you hear on the other end. Right, yeah. It's Although it's way more than that, it is a big piece of the puzzle. And how I describe the, the credit score piece to folks is it's kind of your foot in the door. You know, there's a lot of other things. Once you get your foot in the door, we're going to ask of you, you know, to, to kind of look at your situation. Um, but most loan programs, including ours, all loan programs for that matter, will have a credit score criteria. And if you cannot meet that criteria, it is a very black and white yes or no answer. And so normally, like, for example, we've got 680 plus credit score criteria here. So at a very minimum, we want those folks to be 680 or higher. Mm -hmm. Okay. And for many reasons, it opens the door to different loan programs and things of that nature. Uh, There are different loan programs that will go down lower. Those are probably not going to be of the ag credit, you know, portfolio type of loans. Um, But some of the government programs that are specifically designed for first time home buyers will go down a little lower because they understand that young folks aren't that deep into their credit life you know, with, with maybe a real super strong credit score because they're just limited in what they've been able to do mm-hmm. um, at a young age. So like FHA loans and USDA loans and even VA loans will go down. They're a little more lenient on the credit score piece, but it is very, very important from an early stage, from the very beginning when you are establishing credit, keep that thing healthy make sure your bills are paid. Um, It is so critical for your financial success along the way. And it can be a very rough road if you get off on the wrong track early on in in your credit life. Or there's fraud and you didn't know about it. Yeah. I mean, just all sorts. So just be aware, I mean, more Mm -hmm. than anything else. Don't just, you know, take out credit to take out credit, you know, be aware and make sure your credit life is healthy. Once you're ready to buy your first car or buy your first house, when you get to that point, it's going to make your life so much simpler. Yep. So I've had, I've had some younger borrowers uh, where, you know, I've pulled their credit score and 
they don't have one. They just don't have a score, yeah. Yeah. you know? And so I get questions where, you know, it's like, Hey, how, how can I fix this? And, and, um, it's as simple as I, you know, when you get a car, it's like, well, you know, you can get a really small gas credit card, you know, and, and that, that'll help kind of just at least establish yes. some sort of credit and make sure you pay it off. <laughs> you know, you pay it off yep. to yep. establish that you have repayment. Um, and I've had some guys that have had really good success with that. Yep. You know, I've just, used that myself. Yeah. The, the, the gas card or the Walmart card, you're going to buy yeah. groceries at Walmart. You're going to buy gas yeah. at Walmart. You got to start somewhere. Yep. You know, and, uh, and usually so, it's a low limit and, and it, I think it's probably safe to say it's probably a good idea to have it on a low limit. Just, Yes, you're getting used to it and you don't want to abuse it, but yep. that's a good, quick, easy way, I think, to, to kind of build a credit yeah, score. Yeah. yeah, we yeah, and we could talk a lot about, you know, the, some tricks and stuff like yeah. that about getting credit established because there are some out there to help your son, your daughter, whomever, to get their credit scores going. So, you know, you mentioned um, younger folks that, that call in on occasion with no credit scores um, because they are so young. Yeah. And maybe they just, or maybe they never had a need for credit. I mean, I get folks that call in and, and they're, they're very responsible, had, have had a job for maybe years already, and they literally pay cash for everything. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they were raised that way. Just don't like debt. Or yeah. maybe they just don't like debt because yeah. they, they feel like it's the right way to do things. And it's not wrong. Does it make it a little more challenging for us? Sure it does. But uh, to say this, a f- someone cannot get a loan simply because they don't have a credit score is untrue. So just know that it's worth a phone call, you know, to a loan officer. If you're a young individual, maybe you're, you've been in the work, maybe you went straight to the workforce out of high school. Okay. And you just never had a need for credit or you just didn't want to go there because you wanted to pay cash and, and do things that way. Or you're right out of college, you know, maybe, you know, mom, dad helped you, they, they did the student loan thing and maybe everything's in their names, but you're, you're off to a fast start in your career um, and you just don't have a credit score. It's not to say you can't get a loan. So I always tell people no credit score is better than a bad credit score um, because the damage that's been done by a, a bad credit score sometimes is really hard to correct and it already... Uh, sometimes it already paints a picture of a of an adverse credit history past, mm-hmm. you know, where a young a young person with no credit score does not necessarily have a a, a past that we're looking at like that in that respect. Sure. So, yeah. yeah, it's always worth a call to your loan officer to see, uh, like I said, what where you're at, what your status is today, and if you're not quite there, we'll help you get to that next step with some advice. Nice. Yeah. In, in today's market, I mean, obviously existing houses are moving quite a bit. And then we also have home construction. Um, can you share a little bit about home construction and maybe I know lot loans are big right now too, you know, just buying a, a home yes. lot for future construction. Absolutely. What does that process look like? Absolutely. I'll start there with the lot loans just because a lot of times we have kind of an A and B process here with our lot loan programs, which we we do a lot of, as well as our construction loan program, same thing there, we do a lot of. So we do a lot of lot loan financing, a lot of construction financing. And a typical situation would be this, you know, let's say you're someone, maybe you already have a home, you're already paying on a mortgage loan. Um, Maybe it was a starter home. 
Uh, and I'm just using these examples because this is what we see sure, yeah. um, most frequently, I'd say. The dream was always to, you know, maybe you, you got married and you're starting family. And um, the dream was always to build a house together, build a, a family together. And you see, um, you know, a few acres uh, or who knows, maybe you're um, you're an avid hunter and you see, you know, 10 acres and it's got five acres of woods in the back. And that's that's just great. You know, you just love that. We can do a lot loan on that and make a loan for you to acquire that property. And we, we offer nice fixed rates out to 10 years, give you a nice healthy 10 years because some people, it just takes a lot of planning to know what they want to build, when they want to build. And it gives you time to get your finances in order because the next step being a construction loan, it's a, it's a different animal and it's a tough, it's a tough hill to climb if you don't have some equity and some, some maybe some cash setback and things like that. So um, that's a perfect example of someone that we might get for a lot loan. We do not have limit on acreage here. We're rural lenders here at Ag Credit, so that's our niche. Um, so don't mind the number of acres. Um, we do want it to be out in a rural area, typically, you know, outside the city limits of like a larger area. I'll use Bowling Green for an example. Um, the population within the city limits of Bowling Green is just a little too high. We want it to be out in more of a rural setting. And uh, call in if you're not sure what a rural setting, you know, a lot of places are rural that otherwise folks wouldn't call rural mm -hmm. um, in yeah. some cases. But we can finance properties of any any size. And then later on down the road, the idea is to turn that into a construction loan for folks. All the dreams and everything that you've been planning over the last how many years, we can all we can wrap it all together and consolidate the lot loan at that time into this new construction loan. Um, so I guess your imagination and, and what that's going to bring you in terms of what you want to build in the future and... Um, where you see your family living, we're all about that process, you know, from the lot yeah. loan to the construction loan and walking you through that. Yeah, we love those situations. We build lifelong relationships with uh, our customers here. And so that's become a real, real staple here. The lot loan program uh, starts it all off for us. Nice. So Matt, we would like to hear what the, like a, just a general overview of what the process would look like um, for for a loan. Because sometimes it seems like it takes a little while, um, you know, even on our farm side, if we're doing a real estate loan versus a home loan, um, how that, what that process looks like. And then I will also throw out there too that um, as Ag loan officers, if we have a farmer that comes in, the ag loan officer and the mortgage loan originator, we make a great team and work together in the whole process. Mm -hmm. So um, that's just something to throw out there that we do work together as a team. Um, you know, Matt's a part of the teams that, of the branches that he works with just as much as um, Phil and I's mortgage loan originator that um, works with our office. Um, but again, can you just give us a, um, or just a general overview and a timeline of what the process looks like sure. for just a general rural home loan. Sure. Well, yeah. Obviously, the first um, the first meeting or discussion uh, kind of kicks things off there. And in like you said, in the cases where it's a it might be an existing farm customer specifically, you know, I've got 
a few guys here in my Bowling Green branch office that I work real well with. I mean, if they've got somebody in their office, they're just going to come knock on my door and say, hey, come down here for a minute. And that's how we that's how we do things here. It's how we do things in Napoleon with Kirk over there. So, yeah, that it's a seamless process here in terms of an existing customer maybe wanting to bring a bring in a residential loan here. We're going to make that a seamless process. You're still going to work if you're an existing customer, you're still going to work with your ag account officer for sure. Where we come into play here is we're going to take care of all that, those residential um, processes that don't typically need to occur on a farm loan situation. You know, mm-hmm. you got re- you got consumer stuff going on and they're just regulated differently. So it's different in that way. Now, if it's a f- some folks that are calling in for the first time, maybe they're brand new to ag credit. First steps, like I said, going to be um, a loan application, whether that's taken in person, over the phone, or filled out online. I would say to take a loan application, it's maybe a 10-minute process, Mm -hmm. okay? That in and of itself. And then gathering up the necessary information, however however quickly um, you can make that happen, the better, because... You know, there there are two, there's kind of two steps that sometimes get lost here. And folks, you know, we don't use the term a whole lot in the business because we like to pre-approve people. But there's a term called pre-qualification that actually comes before the pre-approval. And a pre-qualification is simply a loan application and a credit report. That's all okay. it is. So pre-qualification, I guess, is a more loosely based approval, if you if you want to say. We like to get the gather the financial information because what we're what our job is is to prove everything that's that's collected on the loan application. Our job as a loan loan originator or a loan officer is to prove them right with supporting financial information. Is everything supported on the financial information they give us that's on the loan application? And and it's our job to to do that and support that documentation onto the next step. So that's when we we grant the pre-approval is after we do that. In my opinion, that's where you want to be if you're ready to, for example, make a purchase on a house. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get in the negotiation phase and you're talking about raising, uh, you know, maybe offering a little bit more on a counteroffer situation, you want to know. You just want to know that you're on solid footing. We want, we want to know that you're on solid footing. So... The, the most important thing and the quicker the loan application and the documentation stuff can happen up front, the faster we can get you your, you know, your solid answer that you're really looking for. You know, how, how confident am I um, to take my offer to this realtor? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. am I on really solid footing here? Because that's what we want you to feel confident when you're going over there. We, we don't want you to feel like, oh, yeah, you talked to this loan officer and he just kind of... Him hard, yeah. Wishy yeah. wa. We we don't want to be that way, and so uh, we're we like to be thorough, and that's for for your advantage. From that point, once you're pre-approved, and we have a purchase contract, if it's a purchase situation, mm-hmm. uh, really, once we have a purchase contract, I tell people it's live. Mm-hmm. You know, now you're live. Now the process begins, uh, which includes getting some signatures on some preliminary loan estimates. 
to show you how much, you know, whether that's a down payment that's going to be needed, um, closing costs, things of that nature, everything that you're going to see come closing time, what that will look like, you know, up front as a loan estimate. That way, you know, going into it, you have a pretty doggone good idea what that's going to look like. So you're not running into any surprises later on down the road. Once we've got uh, that purchase contract, I normally tell people it's usually a 30-day process. Can be as many as 45 days, depending on the loan program. Sometimes government loans take a little bit longer because you have extra steps in there. But 30 to 45 days, I'm going to say, is a pretty average window for a the mortgage loan process to from start to finish and wrapping it up at the closing table. Yep. And a lot of that has so, to do with probably, you know, appraisals, yes. title work, you know, that kind of thing. Yep. We're, so that's one thing most people, and, and some people may not realize that, but not only do we have to do our job, but we're relying on other folks in the loop there mm-hmm. to do their job. And, you know, I, I'll say this just because I'm, I'm a, the loan officer here. Normally my job's done. <laughs> you know, we, we get our done, right? You guys get your, your jobs done super fast. And we're kind of sitting waiting for some different pieces of information to come in so we can just tie it all together, mm-hmm. okay, is kind of how it's working. So we're waiting on appraisals to come back and a title search on the property to make sure you're not worried about any liens on the property that you might be purchasing. And then we've got to coordinate closings and stuff like that with buyers and sellers and attorneys and things of that nature. So... But with that, with saying all that, it sounds like a lot of stuff going on. We'll take care of it. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, all, yeah, all yeah. these, all the folks really have to do, once they get us a purchase contract, sit back, take a deep breath, let us handle it, and we'll make sure every step gets covered. Mm-hmm. Um, that way, there's no worrying about it. Uh, we're going to keep everybody informed along the way. Because that's the first thing, you know, one day, two days feels like, you know, two weeks to someone who's in that situation Mm -hmm. trying to buy a house, doesn't it? Um, You guys get those situations too. And, you know, so a little bit of time is going to pass because there's just a lot of things that have to happen before we can tie it all up. doesn't mean anything's going wrong. It just means we're we're being as thorough as we can. So you end up in a good situation after you close. Mm -hmm. So, So yeah, that's that's kind of in a nutshell. It's nice. it's a little bit longer and a process maybe than some other types of loans, um, but trust me, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Home ownership is worth it. Yep. So do um, do we require any inspections, or is that something that is up to the home buyer to do on their own in this process as well? That's a good. That's a good question. I so I get this a lot from uh, folks. Some folks will ask me that question, and they're not sure what the difference is between an inspection and an appraisal. Mm-hmm. They're they're kind of yeah. thinking the two are the same. Well, there's two different things that that normally happen there. Number one, a home inspection is something that you can always do. Now that's going to be you know, on your own behalf, you know, if you seek out someone, a home inspection is going to be something where you're, you're paying an individual that's licensed to come out there and they're checking specific things. You know, they're checking the electrical box, 
making sure, you know, things are up to code. They're, they're checking the duct work. They're checking the furnace and doing some tests on the furnace. And they're doing very specific things. And they're basically going to give you a bullet pointed report. So after you purchase your house, you know all the, if there are deficiencies or the things that maybe just are going to need maintenance in another year or five years. And so they're just going to give you a comprehensive report. And I, and I never try to tell people, hey, you don't need a home inspection because I think it's a good thing. Um, but then we're going to get an appraisal done. And appraisal is more or less, as the lender here, we want to know what the current market value is of that property. And so therein lies the difference. You know, we're, we're more interested in how much can this property be valued at in the open market. So we know we're lending you the proper amount, okay? And then the home inspection normally is going to come before that. Normally, if someone's going to get a home inspection, they'll do that before we even order an appraisal. And, and after the home inspection comes back and we get a thumbs up from the buyer, that says, hey, my home inspection came back okay, we're good to good to roll, then we'll go ahead and get the appraisal done. Um, so two different things, both, both are very important in my opinion. Now, if you're pretty savvy and you've got a, a dad or a grandpa that <laughs> knows their way around the house, do you absolutely need a home inspection? No, uh, you don't. Or if you're a, a pretty handy individual, and you know what you're, you feel like you know what you're looking at and you're pretty confident. Home inspectors come in and I feel like are very important, on, maybe sometimes on older homes that maybe have a, a foundation that's suspect, mm -hmm. okay? Because sometimes we, we can't see those, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. as just a homeowner, not an everyday contractor type of guy uh, or gal. And uh, so though, those are the situations where I feel like you'd, you'd really want to know structurally, is this place going to fall down? in two years and I'm just sitting here left with a money pit. There's a reason they're selling it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, yeah, that's the first thing you want to know. Why are these guys selling this yeah. place? So, yeah, so just uh, you, you got you to gotta dot your I's and cross your T's. So mm -hmm. uh, do whatever you feel is, is going to, you know, give you all the information you need to make a, a sound decision. Because no matter what the purchase price is, it's a lot of money. You know, oh, yeah. So, so you gotta, you just gotta be mindful of that, those things. So I was going to say, going off of like the purchase price, would you, is it more beneficial for the customer or the potential customer to come in with a number in mind of what they want to spend rather than saying, just tell me what I can, what my limit is, what's more beneficial? <sighs> I feel like as a loan officer, I, we're going to look, let's, let's put it this way. We're going to look at both of those and address both of those questions okay. typically. But normally I would really prefer if someone is going to fill out a loan application or come in, you know, that one of the first questions I ask them is, do you have a property in mind? And if so, what kind of price range do you, what, what, what properties are attracting you? Like, mm -hmm. I want to know what bubble we're in yeah. and what price range we're, we're working in because I want to apply a, as, as real as, a, as possible the situation we might end up in. Now, if I'm sitting with a customer and they say, well, I'm, I'm looking at a, at a price of a, right around the 200000 mark. You know, that's kind of what we've been looking at is in that range. Uh, so we're going to plug those numbers in first. 
and we're looking at things like debt to income ratios and uh, loan to values and do we have down payment? Are we going to do a down payment? All those different things. But within that same review and conversation, inevitably it comes up, well, if we find a house that's two, 250 instead of this 200, are we going to be okay? So, so the, a lot of times the discussion will lead to that, you know, a higher figure. So we're always going to plug in a number in terms of limits that the bank's going to set, you know, as far as ratios go. Um, but I always tell people, we can go up to this, but it's up to you ultimately to decide where you want to be with your budget because we can't, we can't decide that for you. you your lifestyle is going to dictate what you, you feel like you can afford. Um, and that's with any bank. I'll just go out on a limb and say, I'll speak for any loan officer if they're not telling folks that is you would be surprised how much the bank would be willing to lend you in some cases. It's certainly not always what you should borrow, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that's a yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So, But it is helpful for them to know they have a ceiling. It's just, you know, maybe the steak ends up being a pork chop that you're having for supper, or maybe you don't, you just don't want to be house poor. Right. We've yeah. all heard that term. Yeah. You, you don't want to be house poor. White bread and crackers and water. Yeah. You, you know, don't, you don't want to, you don't want to do this. You know? yeah. 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 So I like to start with a yeah. number, you okay. know, that's, that's reasonable. Maybe something that, that is a real life um, example of maybe some things that they've been looking at. It's a good, good way to start it. All righty, Matt. So I have one more question. Um, we kind of talked about, you know, buying a house, um, constructing a house, buying a lot, but a lot of people call in and they, they want to improve the house they have, like, you know, whether that's fix up the bathroom, fix up the kitchen, whatever it is, yeah. what, what products do we have for that? And is, is that doable? Yeah, absolutely. That's a big part of what we do here. And I, I feel like even more so in the last couple of years, um, a lot of folks have maybe, maybe they ventured into looking to build a home and they decided, well, that price tag's not for us. We're gonna we're gonna stay where we're at, and we're just gonna make make our home better, mm -hmm. you know. And so you get a lot of that. Or we get folks that want to put up a pole building. Okay, um, consumer pole buildings right now are just huge. Um, we're doing a lot of loans to help finance pole buildings, um, and we got a couple different ways we can put these packages together. I'll just use maybe three examples here. Um, the first example would be somebody calling in and they want to put at a thousand square foot, you know, addition to their home. You know, maybe that includes a bathroom and a bedroom. Uh, it could be all different situations, of course. But what we what we can do here, and I think is it sets us apart a little bit different in this arena, the home improvement arena. We can collect your 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 plans uh, for your improvements um, as well as projected costs. And we can have those those properties appraised as if that new addition is already part of that structure. And what that gives us in terms of an appraisal is a is an estimated value with your improvements considered already in that figure. And what that allows us to do sometimes is lend a little bit more for you um, and go up a little bit higher in terms of loan to value. And that's how we a lot of times will put that financing together to to put out that extra hundred thousand dollars or whatever it is to put that addition on 
So it's kind of the power of money. It's the power of numbers. So we'll get it appraised as such, and we'll put it all into a new mortgage loan for you, put the additional money into an escrow account so we can build, you know, um, pay your builder along the way as they're building your project. Same goes for, for pole barns. We're going to do, a lot of times we can do a first mortgage pole barn situation the same way. Give us your plans, give us your estimates, and we're going to build that value into that appraisal and that kind of allows us to do that financing package for you. Um, so same thing there. If we don't want to touch a first mortgage, you know, somebody doesn't want to refinance everything and it's just maybe a maybe you, you need $50,000 to build a pole building or something of that nature, we can offer shorter term fixed rate standalone loan situations. That's a good program and it's a newer program here especially now with rates on the rise, a lot of folks are sitting pretty on their first mortgage rates. You know, we've had a lot of refinance activity the last couple of years and, and a lot of low rates um, because of that. So uh, we can look at potentially, you know, making up to a 10 year fixed rate loan um, to finance a pole building, uh, something, something to that degree. Um, so we've got several different options there, enough options to where we could, basically put them all on the table and say, hey, here, here's what we can do. And uh, more than likely, one of them is going to rise to the surface. It's going to be the best fit for what, what your situation is. But uh, doing a lot of pole building, uh, financing, I would say we're, we're becoming very, very well known for pole building financing nice. here. So pretty neat, pretty nice. neat programs to good, offer good. there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my husband and I are looking at putting up a pole building in the near future. So hey, we'll you're in the, you're in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we just want to wrap things up now. Um, mm -hmm. Thank you, Matt, for joining us today. Um, we really appreciate you being on the podcast with us. Um, and for our podcast listeners, um, if you guys know anybody that is looking to purchase a home or a lot or a, to do a construction or even home improvements, um, have them call our, one of the local branches and they can get you guys connected with um, the mortgage loan originator in that area. And also feel free to pass along this podcast to anybody um, so they can um, become a little bit more informed um, with home loans. Also, we ask you guys to write a review and rate us on um, the platform that you guys are listening to our podcast on. That will help uh, others find us um, to listen to um, our podcast. So thanks for listening. And we'll be back in a couple weeks with another Ag Credit Set It podcast episode. Thank you for listening to Ag Credit Set It. Want to talk ag in between episodes? Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at AgCredit. For more tips and resources, visit agcredit.net. And be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Catch you next time.